0: The Bahamas is at a crossroad. Do we continue down the wide path which leads to excessive debt, wasteful spending, anemic economic growth, and structurally high unemployment? Or do we change course and take the narrow path through a thriving economy, increased economic growth, tangible investments in the nation's social and physical infrastructure, which includes new investments in education, hospitals, and homes, and the creation of good-paying jobs, the Davis administration has been given the opportunity to arrest these systemic declines and put the Commonwealth of the Bahamas on a path to real economic growth and development. The time for talk is over, for it is only by hard work that the profits are achieved, whereas mere talk will only lead to poverty. The team here at c Talks wishes the Davis administration all the best and will be rooting for its success. We will, however, hold this administration accountable as we have done with the previous administration. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of c Talks. I am Pamela Ferguson, Vice President of Investments here at CFAL, and joining me in studio today are Lachelle White, Investments Manager, and Angelo Butta, Senior Analyst here at CFAL. In today's episode, we will continue our conversation, taking a closer look at the country's recently released fiscal strategy and debt management reports. We will look at the state of the bohemian economy on September 16, 2021, and the current administration's plans to move the country forward. Let's continue the discussion. So out of the gate, we're going to start with what big tax increase was announced or projected to help improve government revenue receipts.
1: Well, it wasn't exactly a tax increase, but a tax decrease, sort of. But it was meant to yield more um, revenues for the government. So the government, effective January 1st, 2022, the government would have decreased um, the value-added tax rate from 12% to 10%. But at the same time, they also... um, all items are now not zero rated. So we have no um, more zero ratings on the breadbasket items. So those items will also be taxed at 10%. So while the government reduced um, the rate overall, they introduced a 10% tax on those zero rated items. The government also spoke about um, reforming the tax systems and tax compliance. And in terms of real property, Taxes. they would have revalued um, some properties um, and increased some person's real property tax bills, um, much to the dismay of many people who are disputing um, their property tax bills. And so um, the government also said that this would be more equitable um, taxing so those persons with the higher value properties and the newer properties would get taxed um their fair share. and basically persons um, who have properties um, under three hundred thousand um will basically pay no taxes. And I know that anything over two hundred thousand, two hundred and fifty thousand, sorry that you don't pay tax on, but they will also be the government will also be giving a tax rebate. Um, To some persons, I think it's around $300. So basically, essentially, if your property is um, under $300,000, you won't pay any taxes. But on the other end, um, some properties were re- revalued, um, and persons now have to pay higher taxes on those properties. Um, the government also um, wants to, I think I mentioned that they want to um, just reform tax compliance on a whole, Um, I don't think that these measures are exactly going to get us where we want to be in terms of revenue collections. Um, I think that we need a more aggressive approach and nobody likes taxes, but I don't necessarily think that these these are the measures that we need for our economy right now. Um, We often say that that is not an equitable tax. Um, Basically, persons at all levels um, of the economy basically paying the same rate, for the same item, so I think that the government just needs to sort of rethink, um, rethink our tax base, and you can't just um, beat the same stick at the same people all the time for your taxes. I mean, you have to also improve your tax base.
2: Yeah, the the two main, like you mentioned, are the the real property tax, which a lot of people um, have been complaining about, and you know I think that you you see projections that there's going to be some meaningful increase in the revenues that the government gets from real property tax but i think the government itself needs to be real with itself and you know use a line item that represents what they usually collect so you could plan this increases increase collection as much as you want but if people don't pay these and then you have these or we people now owe 500 million in real property tax there's no point you know Budgeting this extra fifty or six, however much it is in your revenues, and then at the end of the year your revenues come in um short as as has usually been the case. You find that the government always overprojects revenues, and so the deficit is usually always different from what they um expected. So on that side, I think we need to be realistic about it. Um let the revenue overperform rather than underperform and revise it upwards at say the mid year based on how it's trending or, you know, at the end of the year when you prepare a new budget. But let's not over-project what we know we have not collected um, in the past. And then on the um, the bread basket side, like you said, um, it's the main categories that were zero-rated up that people really are impacted by are the bread basket items, um, medicines, um, some of the feminine healthcare products. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm... I have a bad habit of reading social media comments um, <laughs> on topics like this. But, I, you know, I feel like it gives you an idea of how people are feeling, how they're being impacted by the decisions government make. And from time to time, you see the news reporters go into the communities and ask people how they're being affected by this decision. And, you know, it, it seems like these are really um, affecting persons who can least afford to be affected right now, Um you know, we say it's only bread basket, it's only twenty items, but it it seems like a lot of people survive on those items. Um and you know, a lot of the people who really need medicines are older persons on fixed incomes from NIB. Um some don't even have that. So, you know, to increase that on those persons. Um, you know, the comments I see and, and the stories you see, it's it's like people are really being um affected by it. So It has increased um, taxes for those persons. Some people have benefited, I guess, in other areas from the 10% reduction. But at the same time, you're having all of this inflation. So is anyone really feeling that um, reduction, to be honest? Um, So it will probably lead to an increase in revenues for the government. But at the same time, it's causing a lot of issues for persons.
0: You know, the government promised that, this administration promised that it would reduce VAT to 10%, and they did, and I want to commend them for doing that. They lived up to their word, and they did reduce it. I think overall the reduction in VAT to 10% is good because it's across the board, and also if they continue with this, I don't want this to be a one-year or two-year or three-year. I think this can be something indefinitely where we pay 10% Across the board for VAT, and like you mentioned, Angelo, there are persons who are affected negatively um, by this because you know you were able to buy these stuff at uh, a reduced price, but now you have to pay. It's almost as if you increased VAT of ten percent on these products. I remember initially when they removed VAT from the canned goods. These um, like I would buy, I saw with with salmon, it was like. Um, before they removed VAT of it, you were paying like seven dollars and something cents for a small can of salmon. And then when they removed the VAT, it went to like three dollars. You know, and 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 some change for a can of salmon, and so now I imagine it's 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 going to go up. I don't buy can can <laughs> salmon anymore, <laughs> but I imagine that it's going to go up. So it does have an effect on 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 people's pocketbook, and it does have a, a, an effect on those who least can afford it. But I think that is where you have that contra policy, in that you look at those persons and how can you assist. And that's where minimum wage um, comes in, okay? Let's see what we can do to improve the minimum wage so that even though we went and we increased VAT on these items, then we can help you um, in this area, and that's where, you know, providing social support across the board in health care and education and all these other areas can help those persons who, who least can afford it.
2: And I know you said you, you hope that it stays at 10% forever. Well, you know, if I had to bet my money, I would bet that that would be higher by the time this government leaves than it is today, um, based on what you know, you're seeing in the economy. So, you know, will a reduction hold? And, you know, if it stays, you will have higher VAT um, on everything um, if the government finds itself in a situation where they need additional revenues. And, and as we said, you know, a lot of the Project even Moody's came out and said that a lot of the revenue projections are a bit um, optimistic. So unless we really find some dynamic way to grow and introduce more industries, um, you know, it seems that VAT will end up higher than it is today.
0: Yeah, and I think as it relates to the VAT on the bread basket items. So uh, you know, I've heard that you know a lot of the thought went into the fact that you have a lot of these restaurants um, that use bread. They're the the the. Um, predominant uses of bread and they were getting we were able to bring these things in um vat free and so putting on it they are also getting monies from those but then you're also hurting um the other an, another segment of society without at this moment now providing that relief for them which is what um they need
2: yeah and and again that goes you're, you're trying to make a regressive tax somehow progressive right yeah <laughs> you you need to just outright if the food companies are making profit. You tax, you know, on not just specifically here, but you tax them. You don't pu- punish everyone to make, you know, make up just for them because you can't segregate them by saying, oh, only VAT is on the bread for restaurants. Um, you know, so trying to make a regressive tax, progressive has hurt a lot of people who in this environment, don't have the ability to take that on.
0: So another area where it looks like government is attempting to earn additional revenues is real property taxes. My issue with that is that it's not transparent. I don't think the fact that government is responsible for collecting this tax should be the persons as well who's responsible for deciding that select properties are undervalued. And so I have a challenge with, with that on the real property taxes. And I read a report where they said about 84% of Bahamians are compliant with their uh, their real property tax um, payments, although I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on that Me because <laughs> <laughs> I know most Bahamians don't pay real property taxes because it only really comes... Becomes an issue if you want to sell, right? If you want to sell, and then you won't be able to. Do that. And behemoths don't normally sell homes, generally speaking. You hold it, and that passed on from generation um, to generation. So I'm not totally sold on that. But it's also the report also said that the government has most challenges with foreign property and non-resident. And so I think to exclude these persons. In your in your 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 fight to get additional revenues and then go after bohemians that are in the middle class, I think that is um, um, a bit unfortunate. But th- it has to be transparent. You and you, you everybody must know the methodology. Everybody must know the process by which you went through to achieve um, these valuations. But right now, it's not transparent, and people suspect that um, you are probably just cherry-picking on who you think or which areas you think should pay more in taxes.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a conflict of interest for the government to tax you on something that they're also valuing, and you have no idea what the methodology is. Um, I was um, having a conversation with a friend, and she was telling me that her real property tax was like three times higher um than it was last year and it's like but she doesn't know why and you can't find out why there is no recourse for you it's just you have to pay it or we're going to charge you fees for late payment etc so I agree I think that they need to be transparent about it and they also need to um there also should be somebody independent that is valuing these properties because I'm sure that well, let me not say I'm sure, but I think that if the government tells me I valued your property at um, $500,000 and if I was like, okay, I don't think um, it's worth $500,000 and I go to a realtor and I say I want to sell my property and they come back and tell me it's only valued at $300,000, like where is the disparity? There's a huge disparity there. So like what is, like you said, what is the methodology? And people want to know, people don't have as much discretionary funds as you think they do just to pay taxes, especially when they don't see where these taxes are going. So I think that the government definitely needs to be more transparent with this, and you just can't sort of shove this down the throat of the everyday Bahamians. And like you said, Pam, they have to look at um, the foreigners and also... The residents are not Bahamians. You can't continue to rely on the same tax base. It's not sustainable. You will tax Bahamians out of the middle class and then who are you going to rely on then? So I think that this it's something that they need to definitely consider.
2: Yeah, and I, I think too, and even in like the middle market for homes, right? You see sometimes the realtors, even the banks are saying that there's not a lot of demand for, for those homes or a lot of persons can't qualify. So you know, you find the government valuing some of these properties four hundred thousand. You could never sell them for that, no matter how <laughs> yeah. much you try. You know, it. You can list it for that. You can come up with any value you want, but if that house sells for three hundred thousand, you should assess tax on that house on three hundred thousand because, you know, like I said again, reading comments, you know, some people say they wish to, they they're willing to sell their house to the government for what they're valuing it at. Yeah, so, okay. you know, you say this. With, <laughs> 600,000 the government buy it from, from me for 600
1: 000, <laughs> exactly
2: and then you sell it um okay. you know so yeah it, it's you know make it more equitable and fair and maybe people will more so paid. And more
0: transparent because that's one of the concerns of the realtors. The realtors uh, said that according to the act, the home should be valued at market cost and not replacement value. And it appears as if they are, uh, they are valuing these homes at replacement cost value, which is why they should not be in the business of valuing homes because of course the government is thinking they want more monies and so what better way to get more monies from persons they perceive to have more monies and I think there needs to also be more in terms of education because you have a lot of bohemians that would even go to the bank well a lot of bohemians first of all did not go to the bank to build their homes they built it out of pocket and then those over time it will take a longer time but they built it out of pocket and then those who go to the bank will decide you know what I'm not going to get this wall Or I'm not going to put in the pool right now. I'm going to go to the bank and just get the bare home. And then I'm going to add these amenities to my house. And then to to find out later that because you added something to your home, you're going to be penalized by paying taxes for it. I think there needs to be more in terms of education um, so persons could understand exactly what they're doing. And then also all of these large properties that we need that we like to buy, maybe we need to go to more condo-style homes as opposed to, to the backyard, even with the government homes. You know, maybe we need to change the model as opposed to the backyard that a lot of people cannot maintain but get more condo-style homes um, for persons. Yeah, but back to your point on replacement costs, I
1: don't really think the insurance companies are going to um, give you the same value if you want to insure. I guess you could insure your home... Um, up to well, I'm not well versed in home insurance, but my thing is, where are these where are these valuations coming from? And why can't you give me a paper to say this is how your home is valued, the this is what I use to value your home. Um, yeah, I just think that it's it's more transparency is needed, especially if you're asking me to pay more money. And to your point on the changing the style that we build homes, we are running out of land on this small little island that we have here we have failed to develop the family islands properly to attract people there so everyone is coming to Nassau we're running out of land so we don't have um, land to build the traditional style homes and we're going to need to go up and build higher story buildings and like you said the condo style buildings maybe have a shared community center where people can go and play on the lawn have a community garden or whatever but this um the style of homes that we are building now where everybody has a lot and everybody has a home on a lot, it's not sustainable. We're going to run out of land and it's going to become more expensive um, for Bahamians who are just starting out to afford afford a home and they're going to be having to be relying on maybe renting a home, which is very expensive now because a lot of people want to prefer to rent out their properties to Airbnb because they earn more money. So I think that the government really has to look at How hard it is for the average everyday bohemian. Yes, okay, we pay our taxes and we understand that the taxes have to go to run the economy. But at the same time, the cost of living here is very high and it's only going to get higher if we don't put in policies in place um, to help um, persons survive. Because we're basically trying to survive this economy right now.
0: I think another area what the government is planning to use to help it with revenue receipts is this concept of zero rating on companies. And for those who don't understand, uh, a zero rated company is a company that pays, pays VAT, but it's at 0%, but they have credit on their input. So for instance, the VAT rate for company A is 0%, but everything that company A purchases like the computer, the papers, the electricity bill, all of those um, items that attract VAT, they get it back. They could claim it back from the government. And so this administration is saying that they're going to reduce the category because um, it appears that during the previous administration, um, they increased the categories that were under zero um, zero rated, but now this administration is going to Reduce those categories in order to get um, additional um, VAT receipts. So now if you operate a business where you know you are not um, receiving any VAT on the services that you provided, um, I don't think we should give you the credit back. You are in the Bahamas, and most of these, um, most of the VAT, um, the zero rate, are given to foreign companies that operate in the Bahamas, and I think some manufacturing companies as well. But if you are a foreign company operating in the Bahamas then you should pay VAT on your items that you use as opposed to um, claiming it back from the government because we need all of those VAT monies, as much as we can get. So what measures are used to gauge whether Bahamians are paying adequate taxes?
2: Well, the, if you ask Bahamians, well, we have long been paying more than enough taxes. But from an economic perspective, um, you know, the general metric is the revenue to GDP. Uh, ratio, it's, you take how much revenue the government collects, you divide that by the size of the economy, and you come up with um, some sort of a percentage. So I think the government right now collects about 18 or 19% of GDP in revenue, and the government wants to get that to about 25% by 2026, all right, which will be an increase in revenue of about 800 million or so from where it currently is um today on on the assumption that the gdp is around 12 um billion dollars so it's you know it's going to have to you know it, it says it's not going to increase taxes or b- introduce any new tax um i guess there'll just be tax measures as it's as it's um said but you know that that metric alone is flawed um you know it's it's good when you want to increase revenue to say these other countries are paying 23 24% of gdp But you have to look at how the economy is structured and and whether it accurately reflects what the average person that lives in in the economy does. Um, You know, our our economy is, you know, you can easily say the GDP is a bit inflated by, you know, the tourism part of the economy as well as the second home and the foreigners driving up prices. Um, So if you're not getting sufficient taxes from them, you're trying to get, um, you know, inflated or higher revenues from what can be called an inflated GDP number. So, you know, if we're going to continue to look at revenue to GDP, the government will need to look at ensuring that, you know, if your business contributes 2% of GDP, then you should contribute 2% of revenue so that it matches and we fairly tax the economy as it's structured.
0: You know, I've long looked at that issue, Angela, that you were talking about. So because we attract foreign-type investments, these um, wonderful luxury homes and these buildings, they inflate our GDP. So that's the bottom number, right? And then we take revenues over that bottom number to determine if bohemians are paying adequate revenues. But for a lot of the persons in that category, they are given concessions. So... If you're a hotel, you don't pay custom duty. You don't pay VAT. Um, So you build a hotel. Your value, the value of this hotel is factored into the GDP number. But then the revenues that we waive because you're a hotel are not factored into that top line number. So like you mentioned, Angelo, you are getting the revenues from this small base of persons, and then you say to us that you need that to be at twenty five percent of GDP. I think that's unfair, and I think that is detrimental to our economic growth um, and survival.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that the Bahamas has uh, un- not an unusual economy, but we have, we are, we're special in a way that the metrics that would apply to the larger countries or other countries simply don't apply to us. So you are taxing on a base of about 400,000 people, and yet you're doing these billion-dollar projects and stuff which contribute to your revenue. So we're not contributing that much to GDP, but yet we're paying the most taxes. So I do think that it is something that they have to look at. But in the past, we have not been very good at assessing um, these metrics um, for our economy. We're just putting it out there Oh, X, Y, Z says you must do this. This is how you must measure it. And we don't think to see the uniqueness of our economy and how that we can best adapt it um, to our special circumstances.
2: And the, the GDP thing as well affects um, aid and, and you know, the ability to attract aid because you know people look at you and say you have this big GDP. GDP per capita is high. So you, know, you don't need any assistance. If a storm comes and hits you, you go out there and say, oh, you're rich. You know, you can. So, you know, you have to get um, an adequate tax base from those industries that drive that GDP. I know I saw where the government said now there's, there, there's going to be an adjustment where from the aid perspective, whereby they look at other things rather than just GDP, which is a good step in the right direction. But the government at the same time needs to look at other things rather than just revenue to GDP if they're going to continue to push the current economic
0: And I think what it shows too, Angelo, is that we are not getting sufficient revenue from our foreign friends and our foreign investors. I think what that is showing is we need to look at how can we get more uh, from those persons that reside and enjoy the beauty of the Bahamas. You know, revenue statistics in Latin America and the Caribbean in 2021 shows that the average tax to GDP rate, for the region is 22.9%, and that's Guatemala as low as 13 and Cuba as high as 42%. So that's the average. So us saying that we want to go after 25%, I don't think that is as wise a policy um, as they should be pursuing and then you have the OECD countries on average tax to GDP is thirty three point eight percent. But you look at a lot of these OECD countries and they have the infrastructure, transportation, healthcare, education, all of these things where citizenry, even though they still complain, can at least see where their tax dollars are going. Whereas we we don't. We can't for the most part, we cannot see where our tax dollars are going. Well, Michelle and Angelo, that brings us to the end of another excited discussion. Um, thank you so much for your contribution to this discussion. And thank you, audience, for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please send us a note at info at or visit our website at www.cfile.com and show your support. Thank you, C-File, for sponsoring this episode. Until next time.